Lord, we thank you for this choir, this music, this music that softens the hard rocks, this music. grateful for yesterday, but we are more excited for tomorrow. Because the best is yet to come. Come with us now to the book of Psalm. Psalm number 100, the book of Psalms in the Old Testament, Psalm 100, we will read Psalms 100, 1 through 5, but our emphasis for the word will be <coughs> verses 1, 3, and 5. Listen now for the word of the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. 
know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. <laughs> his steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Smile at someone this morning. Yeah, you can say good morning. Today we're going to talk about a psalm for giving thanks. A psalm for giving thanks. Beloved, Psalm 100 is one of the most popular psalms in the book of Psalms. It's matched in popularity only by Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 100 reminds us that we must worship and why we worship. The Bible labels Psalm 100 as a psalm of giving thanks. It's as if the writer is saying to us this morning, through the Bible, the word of God. I think David, the writer of the Psalms, is saying, if you want to know how to really thank God, say, let me tell you how. It amazes me that so many years ago, churches knew how to worship God from what the Bible told them to do. But if you're watching today, oh, if you're watching today, Whatever we made up in between yesterday and today, I'm telling you, people are back to the word. You watch the churches today. They're doing it the way the word said doing it. The point of the whole lesson is this. Beloved, it is our duty as Christians. It is our duty. It is our job as Christians to give thanks to God for who he is and what he has done for you and for me. That, that's what we do. Thanksgiving to God is a duty. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a duty. It's not about a day on a calendar, a set of circumstances, or a particular mood that we happen to be in at any given time. As Christians, we have a duty, a responsibility, an obligation to give thanks to God for who he is and what he's done. Somebody say amen. Psalm 100 teaches us how to give thanks to the Lord. You know, there is a way that the Bible teaches that we ought to praise the Lord. First, in verse 1, we read, make. It didn't suggest it. It is a command. It didn't say this is something you might want to try. 
it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. And so we are commanded to be joyful. Amen. Somebody say amen. We are commanded, Christians, child of God, we are commanded to be joyful. When you walk up in here with an attitude that ain't joyful, <laughs> the fact that we are commanded to be joyful, however, tells us something about the nature of the feeling of joy. <clears throat> See, we look for joy in all the wrong places. There's a difference in joy and happiness. Joy and happiness. They're not the same thing. Somebody say amen. Don't get it twisted. Some of you youngsters don't know, but I'm a Motown baby. Y'all need to. Therefore, as a, as a Christian, we can have joy no matter what's going on in our lives. You see, happiness comes from things and people. Whether we have it or whether we don't, when we got it, we happy. When we don't have it, we not happy. But that's not how joy is. Joy is a gift from God that is implanted in our very souls when we become a new creature in Jesus Christ. Now, everybody who comes to church hasn't been a new, has not become a new creature, but it's not too late for any of us to be a new creature in Jesus Christ. That means in my spirit, man, remember body, soul, mind. My spirit, man, because I know who God is, I have joy. Joy unspeakable. Just knowing who he is gives me joy. That's why the ancestors, the older people used to say, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. Seems like the less we had, the more we had joy of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah. Therefore, the Christian, we can have joy no matter what we're going through because no matter what shifts and changes or alters in our daily lives, God's nature and God's character and God's promises and God's ways remain the same. There is joy in knowing that God does not change his nature. So the question is, what is God's nature? What is, look at your neighbor say, let's talk about what is God's nature. There is joy because God remains, this is nature. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's all loving, everywhere present, creator of the universe all the time. So listen, if God is who God is, and he is, if God is still alive, and he is, if God is still in charge, and he is, if God still loves and cares for us, and he does, then we have a reason to rejoice no matter what's going on in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stop reducing God 
to people. Stop reducing God to one of us. He ain't like one of us. <laughs> so the scripture lesson commands us to be joyful because our God is great and greatly to be praised. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, somebody asked, well, preacher woman, what does all of that mean that you're talking about? It, what does it look like? See, what you talk about, you ought to show. Yeah, you just can't talk about something and not show it. He said, what? What does having joy in the Lord look like? I'm, I'm so glad you asked because, because the first imperative of our prior to this text is this. To have joy you have to shout. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Everything we used to make fun of, we little uppity Methodists, trying to act like somebody else. Everything we used to laugh at is in the word. I'm just saying the word said, shout. If you have joy, you shout. And of course, we know it to be true because we see people shouting all the time when they're joyful. Except in some churches. Because I'm telling you, there's some churches now. Everybody's shouting, everybody raising their hand, everybody dancing, doing everything the word told them to do. Somebody say amen, amen. Well, preacher one, make a joyful noise. In the original Hebrew that the Bible was written in, the Hebrew word could be translated simply as shout. Shout. Verse 1 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. The first four words of this verse make a joyful noise in the original Hebrew. It means to shout. So it's to make a loud and joyful announcement of triumph. Like a soldier who's won a victory on the battlefield. We hear a joyful noise when the Lakers win. We hear a joyful noise when King James makes a basket. Do we not love the Lord more than we love the Lakers? Somebody help me up in here. Glory to God. It's okay to shout for the Lakers only if you know how to shout for the Lord. Church, worship shouldn't be like sitting in a doctor's office. I'll help you. I'm just telling y'all about the Bible. Some of y'all don't want to do what the Bible says because you just want to do it your way. But when you become a Christian, it ain't no way. My way. My way is his way. And what he says do in his word, I'm going to do it because he said do it. What's wrong with you? Church is not like sitting in a doctor's office. You shouldn't just sit in church like you stuck in traffic. 
Like you attending a funeral. This ain't no funeral. I'm talking about church. When you come before God, you ought to come before him with joyful shout. Thank you, baby. <laughs> From the mouth of babes. That's what the Bible says. Then it says you can't get to heaven unless you act like a child. Some of us then got too grown to give God glory. You know what? I used to be like that, but oh, praise God. Oh, glory to God. I'm not like I used to be. Ooh, hallelujah. That if somebody shouts in church, we look at them like something's wrong with them. <laughs> what is this? They doing what the Bible says. What you doing? They doing what the word of God tells them to do. What you doing? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I ain't nosy. <laughs> For moving, I might have to get another seat. Because I'm going to shout. And I'm going to move. And I'm going to praise him. Me and all my little degrees and praise him. Hallelujah. And now. Just play the does in Jesus. <laughs> Your mama said. <laughs> Your mama said if somebody does something good for you, you ought to at least say thank you. And we teach it early. We teach it when they can barely talk. And somebody does something for you, you say, what you say? And they say, <laughs> say it louder. Say it so they can hear you. Shout it out. Thank you. Somebody shout it out. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Shout it out. Shout it out. And then, there's another command in verse 3. And it is the command to know. First, you got to have joy. Because if you got the Lord, you got joy. I'm going to tell you. You got that joy. <laughs> All the time. All the time. There's something to glow about a Christian with joy. I'm seeing it more and more in this church. I see people glowing in Pacoma now. They're glowing. Like they ain't glowed when I first came here. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. They all I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Not just this church, but every church I've been to. It wasn't glowing. Okay, okay, okay. Verse 3 says, know that the Lord, he is God. You got to know God. You got to know God. Know that he is the Lord. You're God. Know that it is he who made you. 
Don't let nobody talk about you. You wonderfully and fearfully made. Somebody say, you so little. I'm going, yeah, and I like it. Check with the Lord. He made me. <laughs> look, if you don't like the way I look, you messing with him, not me. says that worship isn't just about a feeling all the time. Yeah, joy is good. Joy is good. You got to have joy, but you have joy because you know. So if you don't know, you can't have no joy. So we're going to talk about how you know. Verse 1 and 2 says, if you're going to worship right, you got to feel something, joy, gladness, and a heart that has a song in our spirit. Now, verse 3 says that worship just isn't about feeling. You also need to know something in your soul. See, the soul is our mind. It's what we think. Our spirit is where the Holy Spirit dwells. And our body it's just where we live temporarily. So the worship is to attribute worth. How can you attribute worth to a being that you don't know? Can we talk a minute? Because it's one thing to know about him. And it's another thing to know him. The psalmist says, if you're going to worship God right, you need to know who God is. And I know we all think we know who God is, but it's okay to have a reminder. It's okay to relearn. It's okay to hear it over and over. Commercials know that. That's why you hear it over and over till you get it. I'm going to say it over and over till you get it, till you get it, till you get it in your soul. The psalmist says, if you're going to worship God right, you need to know who God is. Look, if you know God only in an intellectual, theological, and rational sense, and that's all you know, that's not enough. Because there is more than just knowing about God. But to really know him, you need to acknowledge him totally in your body, in your soul, and in your spirit. Bless the Lord with all that you have. In other words, the Bible is saying we ought to act like we know who God is. It's one thing to know about God in our soul, but it's another thing, and it's a necessary and vital thing to know him totally. And so, beloved, we need to know that God, first thing, is God all by himself. We be getting in God's way. I said, God is God all by himself. Now, if somebody has that much power, that's the somebody I want to know. That's the somebody whose side I want to be on. I'm not more excited about people who I know so well because I'm one of them as I am about God who knows everything and he's God all by himself. When I ask him for something, I ain't got to wait because he ain't got to call no committee. He ain't on no board. He ain't got to check with nobody. 
He's God. Yes. All by himself. Me and God, that's all I need. That's a majority right there. And when I was a little girl, I used to sing. The older people taught me he's got the whole world. Why do we get upset about the news and all that? Because God's still in control. He has the whole world in his hands. And so if you want to learn how to be grateful in whatever season, then you've got to recognize that God is God all by himself. Look at your neighbor and say he's God all by himself. Okay, but not only that, not only that, know this, verse 3 continues. God is our creator. And when he created us, what did he say? That's what. That's good. That's what God said. There shouldn't be no low esteem and all like that going around here. Children messing with themselves and all like that in a state of depression. It is he who made us. And we are his. I belong to somebody. Ain't no abandonment issues when you know God. So your mama wasn't there and your daddy left and your cousins don't live across the door. When I know God, he's my more than us. He's my everything. He created me and he knows me. I am here. I belong to God himself. There are no such thing as a self-made person. Get over it. I know you worked hard. I know you got your degree. I know you put in your time. I know you're smart. I know you're playing well. But don't get where you are on your own. And God has to teach you <laughs> that no matter what you have, no matter what you have accomplished, no matter what you earn, no matter who you are and where you've been, if you don't know God, you may not make it. If you don't give him glory, you may not make it. Hallelujah. We are just a vapor that is here one moment and gone the next. Do you know the only reason that we have made it this far? It's because of God. God did it. God did it. The thing that you ought to be the most thankful for is God. Because if you're thankful for God, he says, if you seek him first, everything else is going to fall into place. I have to remind myself, as much as I love my children and my family, I have to remind myself on Thanksgiving Day, the first thing I have to be thankful for is God. Because if I love God and I'm thankful to God, everything else, including them, is going to be all right. I say, God, as I bless you, bless my family. I thank you, God, for who you are. I thank you that I know you in the partner of my sins. I thank you that you are in my life and that you are blessing me and mine yeah. awesomely. Yeah. First thing I'm thankful for is God himself. Oh, my Lord, God is the creator. And if God made it, he controls it. We forget that, don't we? He controls the sea, he controls the air, he controls the wind, he controls the fish, and because 
We are who we are. Before we get too big, he controls us as well. Why do I do what I do? Because my father told me to. Uh, he controls me. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are therefore his people. That means that we are in good hands. Whose hands are you in? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm in God's hands. And so listen, this song was emphasis on verses 1, 3, and 5, teaches us some requirements to keep when we come into the house of the Lord to worship in spirit and in truth. There is a protocol in the church. There is a way to act in the church. How do I know? Because the Bible tells us how to act in the church. Why do I raise my hands when I praise? Because the Bible said, raise your hands when you praise and when you pray. Why do I shout? Because the Bible says shout. Why do I dance? Because the Bible said dance. Look at your neighbor and say, get over yourself. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, do it God's way. requirements are that we come ready to shout, that we come ready to know more, that we come ready to give thanks and ready to bless his holy name. Somebody say amen. Somebody may be depressed this morning and they thinking, but pastor, why do I have to praise God for the day? I'm going through so much trouble. I tell you now, listen, in spite of what you're going through, God is still good. See, we be saying God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And then we come in like this. God is good all the time. That's not something to get excited about. Do you know what you're saying when you say that? You're saying no matter what's going on in my life, no matter how anybody else treats me, that's fine. What you need to do is get rid of all them folk who ain't treating you right. You choose to be treated like that. Somebody say amen. I'm too old. Either you're going to treat me right, it's going to be my way or the highway. <laughs> I'm too old to put up with the nonsense. So when things are really bad in your life, Refocus off people and on him. But God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. That ought to be enough to give you joy. So I heard somebody else saying, well, I can't tell if God is good. Well, what you need to do is Taste and see. You can't know he's good unless you're in a relationship with him. You can't sit at somebody's table and let them tell you how what's on their plate and how it tastes. You got to eat from your own plate. They say it's good. You might not say nothing after you taste it. <laughs> Don't say it's good because they say it's good. It for yourself. I know God is good because I didn't taste his goodness every single day of my life. <laughs> Bible says, oh, taste and see. That's what Psalm 34 
And eight says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, we can't just know about him. We have to know him personally. There is a story that has gone around the church that I love to share. Let me take a minute and share it with you. The story goes that one day in a divinity school, they hosted a gathering and invited the greatest minds to lecture in the theological center. Theology means to learn about God. Theology is the study of God. You ought to expect anybody with a degree in the theology to know a little bit about God. So well, this year, the guest lecturer was a great professor who spoke for two and a half hours. He, he was providing uh, his material that resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ he had determined was not real. Just a myth. It was false. The professor quoted scholar after scholar and book after book. And he concluded that there was no such thing as the historical resurrection. The religious tradition of the church was groundless, emotional mumbo-jumbo because it was based on a relationship with a risen Jesus who in fact never rose from the dead. In any literal sense, that's what the professor said. And then he asked, are there any questions? And for about 30 seconds, people were just like, what? And one old man sitting in the back, an old preacher with a head of woolly white hair, that I ought to tell you enough, he stood up in the back of the auditorium. He took something out of a bag. Professor, is this apple sweet 
Or is this apple sour? I'm just asking. <laughs> the distinguished professor braced his shoulders in a very scholarly fashion. He said, I cannot possibly answer that question. And I can't answer it because you've eaten it. I have not tasted the apple. And so the white ass preacher looked up at the professor and said calmly, And Dr. Neither, have you tasted? My Jesus. we can all ask of ourselves this morning because we have tasted and we have seen the songwriter says it like this after you've tasted after you've seen after you really know that you know that you're Sanctuary is too little for a lot of movement. And I say, and the voices yes. of a million angels yes. cannot express.
the things that God has done for me. Things, 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 little things, big things, so undeserved. And Lord, yet you died. Nobody else has ever done that for me to prove your love. of a million angels cannot express my gratitude because all that I am and ever hope to be Oh, Lord Jesus, the voices. 